Welcome to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. I'm Mohamed Jamjoum. Three institutions in the UK and France are returning artifacts stolen from Africa during the colonial era. Campaigners say other European museums should do the same, but others disagree. So, who's right? All right, let's bring in our guests. In Cambridge, UK, Sonita Alain, Master of Jesus College at Cambridge University. In Princeton, New Jersey, Chika Okeke Agulu, Professor of African and African Diaspora Art History at Princeton University. And in London, Ed Cross, curator, gallerist, and owner of Ed Cross Fine Art. A warm welcome to you all, and thanks for being with us today on Inside Story. Sunita, let me start with you. Jesus College, of course, has become the first institution in the UK to return a Benin bronze. I want you to talk our audience through just how significant a step that was and what it means to you and your colleagues. Well, I think it, um, uh, thank you, Mohammed. Um, it, we, I think we were the first institution in the world to, to return a bronze. It's, it was very, very significant. Um, uh, the journey of the restitution in our college began in 2016 when some students noticed uh, the plaque at the bottom of the, uh, the Okoko or um, that uh, was uh, residing in the Hall of Jesus. In 2019, we had um, a Legacy of Slavery Working Party which set up, looked at the uh, the historical, the, the moral, and the, the legal framework which, by which the, uh, the Okoko had come to the college in 1905. Um, and then when I became master in October 2019, it was the first order of, of, on the agenda for a society meeting, which is a meeting of the whole fellowship. It's the, you know, from the, from the, the teacher, the fellow who's come last into the college to someone who's been there the longest. And it was a very unanimous decision that, frankly, it would it was wrong that we had it and it was the right thing to do to get it back to uh, its original owners. So it was very emotional. And um, I think that the fellowship, I, I felt very proud as master of the college because I felt like it's when good people get in a room and make a good decision, then good things happen. Chika, from your vantage point, uh, just how much of a milestone are these handovers? Well, it, it's quite tremendous. Uh, and uh, a, a wonderful moment. Uh, precisely because uh, apart from the specific significance of the return of this uh, artifact from Jesus College, uh, it sets a very clear and direct uh, precedent for the broader question of the return of uh, Benin artifacts that were uh, looted and stolen in 1897. Uh, if you saw the news uh, coming out of Nigeria in the past two days, uh, you would see how uh, uh, important this occasion uh, is for the Benin people, for Nigerians, for Africans uh, on the continent and uh, in the diaspora, uh, precisely because it does begin the process of amending uh, the criminal acts uh, that were perpetrated uh, by colonial powers, uh, by expropriating and looting treasures uh, from uh, various uh, uh, parts of the continent. Uh, the Benin case, of course, is the most well-documented, perhaps the, the most expansive of these uh, acts of looting, but there are several others um, around the continent, um, in Dahomey, uh, the Ashanti, uh, and, and elsewhere on the continent. So this is a very important moment, and I am hoping that it, it's, we're only just beginning. 
Ed, from your perspective, do you believe that this is the beginning of a process that could see the return of many more stolen artifacts? Yes, I mean, I'm not, uh, obviously not a, a museum, being far from being a museum official, but uh, I absolutely believe that. I think that it's, it's really not tenable, in my own personal opinion, um, to, to retain uh, these artifacts that, I mean, particularly the, and most of them are in that, in that category, um, artifacts that have extremely dubious um, you know, um, uh, were acquired in the most ex- extremely dubious way. So, um, uh, stolen, in, in, in fact. Um, and it's interesting to see how the, sh- the dial has shift on, shifted on this over the last, I mean, I've been in contemporary African art promoting it for 20 odd years uh, as an English person. And I've seen that uh, the, the, the sort of understanding of what, what happened in the colonial period uh, sort of filtering through to to, to more and more people, um, and it's now it's it's now very very compelling that uh, these works are returned. It's it's a matter of, I think it's it's a spirit. It's you can talk about spiritual things, but it's 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 extremely important for contemporary African artists. I believe that some of these works, or, or the, you know, that these works are actually where they should be. Um, I also believe that uh, people talk about sharing works and things like that. I mean, I believe the ownership personally should should revert to uh, the original owners. But I also think there is a case for agreements to be made uh, so that works can be displayed again for periods of time in the institutions that have safeguarded these works over the years allowing more and more people to see them internationally. Um, but I believe that the, the principal ownership and the principal residency, if, if you like, of these works should be back in, in the countries from which they, they, they were taken. Sunita, I saw you reacting to some of what Ed was talking about there. Let me ask you, when it comes to the issue of the possibility of returning looted works, um, is this going to be more of a case of artworks actually being returned, or are we going to see more arrangements uh, going forward where artwork is shared or lent? I think it's. Um, I think it'll be a mix, but I think it should be the choice of, uh, particularly with uh, Benin bronzes. In uh, thinking of that as to, to form my mind, obviously, it should be a choice of Nigeria and Benin. Uh, I think that once you uh, realise that. Um, once you realise that something is wrong and you and you take the moral um, imperative, there's a moral imperative to do the right thing, it has to be returned yes. with no caveats. Um, so yes. I think maybe I reacted because Ed used the word safeguarding, which uh, in a way is, is because they're in the possession of, um, of, uh, of, of places. And I do think that he's right, though, in terms of um, the simplest thing to do. And uh, in a way, it's a, it's a profound thing that the college did and it's profound only because we're the first to do it. But I think that the simple act of just doing a legal transfer, you know, it's, it's really straightforward. Do a legal transfer, list all the objects that you have, and make the legal transfer over to the Nigerian government. And I think whilst uh, I know that they, in Benin they're planning to, to build a, a, a museum, there's another, other plans for other museums as well. But museums are, are very um, mature in the, 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 the framework where they kind of loan things around the world and so that across the world we can we can um 
we can revel in and we can see each other's artwork. I mean, that's just absolutely, yeah. that's absolutely wonderful. Mm. At the moment in Jesus, we have a, um, uh, an exhibition of Shaji Sikando on Islamic art. We, you know, we, we, we do this all the time. Galleries work in a very, very mature way. But the, the fundamental thing is that the, the ownership is now beyond, it's uncontestable. And I, and I agree with, um, with Ed, I think something Ed was hinting at, which was that it's really important for young people to be rooted in their past and to see their past. Uh, and in the UK, in, in Cambridge and London, uh, we do that all the time. We want, we want young people to be able to come in and see their past. Chica, you know, we've been talking a lot about the importance of art and artifacts being returned. I want to just take a step back for a moment and look at the impact of these artifacts being taken in the first place. You know, it's been estimated that perhaps up to 95% of cultural objects from Africa are housed outside the African continent. What does it mean for societies to lose so much of that cultural legacy? How devastating is that? Well, I think the best way to uh, respond to that is to imagine if all the uh, so-called great museums of Europe uh, were uh, emptied of their collections, uh, how to even begin to imagine the, 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 the narrative, the stories, the mythologies uh, that uh, have been constructed uh, around this idea of Western civilization and kids are taking to the museums to tell them the story of, uh, of, of Western civilization, of Europe's history through the artworks um, and cultural uh, artifacts that are lodged uh, in, in these museums. And then you look at what happened with the African continent, the, the vast systematic expropriation of its cultural heritage. And by the way, um, one should also uh, pay mind to the other act of um, expropriation, which was uh, the age of slavery and what that did to the continent in terms of taking away um, some of its best people and minds and bodies uh, uh, away from the continent and how that depressed uh, societies and cultures across the board. And so if you think about the equivalence of that, which is part of what makes a society uh, part of how a society imagines itself, how it teaches its young, and how it uh, uh, constructs uh, its present and future, that without the cultural um, uh, resources that had been there for the, uh, in the first instance, as part of how these societies um, are developed, related with other people, that these are uh, incredible cultural archives. Uh, so it's, it, it's, it's equivalent to imagining mm. if you didn't have your great libraries and museums mm -hmm. uh, and, and cultural centers. That is part of what happened to the African continent. And so the return of these objects mm -hmm. uh, sometimes to their original site, sometimes in, uh, to new institutions, because Africa has also evolved over these uh, uh, decades, mm -hmm. uh, uh, established new forms of socialities, and cultural institutions, the return of these objects and reincorporation of them into the new uh, uh, um, uh, social uh, environments and cultural institutions that um, Africans are more than willing to uh, establish in addition to the ones that they have already in existence, mm -hmm. that it would mean a lot in terms of 
um, uh, social reaffirmation, cultural reaffirmation mm. of the subjectivities and, and identities of African peoples, especially in this present uh, age of globalization. Ed, I saw you nodding along to some of what Chika was saying, so I want to give you a chance to jump in. But I also want to ask you, you know, you were talking before about how much attitudes have shifted uh, around this particular subject matter. Um, so why has it taken this long to get to this moment? I think there has been, you know, a kind of uh, denial uh, amongst, you know, European Europeans about the slave trade and about colonialism. Uh, there's certainly been a denial within the UK about the impact of, of our empire and, and, and our colonial, you know, history. history. Um, so I, I put it down to denial, really. And I think it's, it's been chipped away at by by sort of academics and activists and, and writers and intellectuals over the years. And in the last 20 years, you know, what was once a fringe view uh, is now, as I say, is, is really right in the center. It doesn't mean to say that everyone subscribes to it. Of course, there's still many people, as unfortunately, who are still in denial, but it can't really be avoided anymore um, in totality. Um, so yes, it's. Um, I think it's 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 an amnesia uh, problem, mm. um, and we we have we've made you know things have moved on, and it's really good to see that. I mean, it's we've got a long way to go, but over the last over the twenty years or so that I've been involved in this, it, it's changed dramatically, mm. and not to mention the growth of contemporary African art and so on, which in some ways is a reaction. In, in some ways, I would I would sort of posit is it was some of it was a kind of reaction away, ironically, from traditional African art uh, because that's what the world thought about when when you talked about African art. Mm. It was all about traditional African art, and there was a new uh, a whole new world of contemporary African art. And I think what's been going on, particularly over the last ten years, as I see it, is more and more artists, you know really engaging with their with their heritage and their this incredible uh you know that chico was talking about this incredible richness that the of the archive that is there i mean i think about the the artist behind me um abby work he his house is completely full of traditional amongst other things but mm -hmm. traditional african art mm -hmm. so he has created his own kind of museum in in brixton uh, which is his, it's not a museum, it's where he lives. Uh, mm. And he feeds off, off, off uh, this incredible richness. And there are many artists, obviously, there are many artists like that. And I'm, I'm delighted to see that. And I think the return of these things mm. will, will kind of, uh, will, will be hugely significant when it happens. And I really do believe it will. Uh, Sonita, of course, returning uh, artworks and artifacts is that's that's one issue. A separate issue is presenting the artifacts that are already in many of these institutions in the West. Do you think that we're going to start seeing more museums, more uh, arts institutions start labeling collections more truthfully? Will they start presenting more context about the violent, looted past associated with these artworks and artifacts? I think so. I think there's a, a shift towards that. I mean, really museums uh, and, uh, you, you know, gallery spaces and, and houses and universities, they're all, they all have one shared characteristics, which is their places of learning. Um, and I think that as we kind of move forward, 
uh, being able to kind of research and, and present a, a full case to people uh, is not kind of denying what happened in the past or it's just kind of saying, well, this is the truth of this object. This is gives you more information about it or this is the context for it. Um, I don't think there's anything there's anything wrong with that. And I think that more people are are beginning to do that, which I think is a good thing. But I just want to say, though, that we keep referring to the, the, the bronzes as, as artwork. Yes, they're very beautiful. But one thing that we've we've realised through this, um, our kind of look at this, is that these are kind of spiritual objects. Mm. You know, the, the Okoka in uh, that we had at Jesus uh, is um, emblematic and it memorialises um, a queen mother from the, the royal ancestral um, family of, of Benin. So it's a it's an actual ancestral it's an heirloom it's a it's a memorial object and but most of them most of them are so they, they have a different spiritual meaning uh, when different people look at them um, which is I think yes. that bring them back kind of brings them back to life to where the the, the, the correct eyes are looking at them I think that's why I, I think is important actually mm. to to make that case that so we keep talking about them as artwork right but they're much more than that Chica um, our artists and campaigners who have worked so hard to get to this point um, as far as putting pressure on museums, as far as negotiating with governments. Uh, are, are they happy with the progress made thus far? And, and what happens next? Um, well, yes, happy that um, very small progress um, is beginning to uh, happen. But make no mistake about it, uh, we're only just beginning. Uh, the, the, the scholars, uh, activists, artists, um, policymakers that are locked in uh, on this question, there is absolutely no going back. Um, and as I say this, I uh, have in mind uh, American institutions that have largely uh, played the ostrich in this whole affair. Uh, all the news that we're uh, getting these days about restitution of African artifacts are coming from Europe. And so you wonder what the Americans are doing. And to be frank, uh, that's probably the next um, uh, target in terms of uh, insisting that they begin to tell us what they plan to do about these um, artifacts that are also in their collections and, and, and their museums. Uh, previously, we heard that, um, well, colonization was an European affair in terms of Africa, and so this is an European problem. But this is so nonsensical, you know, really uh, crazy argument to make because Germany did not loot Benin artifacts, right? they acquired them in the same way that the American institutions acquired them from uh, all kinds of sources. Mm -hmm. But Germany is now returning more than a thousand objects that are in its collections. And so we're all waiting and uh, asking what mm -hmm. these other museums uh, across the planet, especially in the United States, are going to do about uh, the, the mm -hmm. stuff that they are keeping because we will not um, keep quiet about it. Mm -hmm. It's a new generation of, uh, of scholars and activists that are very uh, uh, clear about uh, addressing these injustices of history. It's, it's more than a hundred years now, and it's about time to begin to um, take them to task. Mm -hmm. uh, it's no longer business as usual. All right. Well, we have run out of time, so we're going to have to leave the conversation there. Thank you so much to all of our guests, Sonita Alain, Chika Okeke Agulu, and Ed Cross.
That's it for the Inside Story podcast. This episode was produced by Calvin Ng, Omari Stambouli, Abdurrahman Warsame, and Jimmy Gerahun. Studio sound was by Aston Goodison. The program was edited by Anil Anandan, Lynn Nguyen, and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again on Monday.